Hey, everybody. We're going to try to take two here with Sherry and Christina. So I am Sherry. I am the host of the Writing Glitch podcast. I am here with Christina Kozik. She is the host of Just Needs podcast. She works for an organization called Exceptional Lives, and they help support parents of kids with exceptional lives. And I am so excited to have you here on this special edition of the Writing Glitch podcast called the Emotional Kids Summit. Thanks for being here, Christina. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. We're excited. To, I'm excited to be here. <laughs> oh, I am so excited. So I need you to tell me partially step one and then step two to it. <laughs> exceptional lives and yes. just needs. Please help differentiate. Yeah. A little bit. What is, tell us more. Yeah, no, absolutely. Just Needs is a project of Exceptional Lives. And so Just Needs is our podcast that provides support and information for our families of children with disabilities. Now, Exceptional Lives is a nonprofit organization that provides online resources for parents of children with disabilities. We cover all ages and all disabilities, so from birth to adulthood. And what we decided to do, it's almost been two years now, is we realized, so a lot of our content was in written form. We had blogs, we had guides, we had things like that. And what we wanted to do is we wanted to try to reach parents in another way, reach parents where they were. And so we sat down and said, how can we do that? And I said, you know what? I'm a huge podcast listener. That's how I get a lot of my information. That's where I go when I want to dig in to learn something. And the other thing was like, the videos, right? So it was like, okay, which one do we want to do? A podcast or videos? And we landed on podcasts and we specifically wanted to make these short. So with the exception of our interviews, most of our podcasts are less than 10 minutes. Parents that are raising children with disabilities, if they're raising more than one child with disabilities, if they're raising more than one child, we just don't have a lot of time. And so we wanted this to be something that we could listen to when they're in the car on the way between appointments or in car line or whatever that may look like and get them the information that they may need so that way they can make informed decisions. And then link them to other information and really just get that information to them and also get them information that maybe they weren't familiar with or didn't know about in a way that meets them where they're at. So I'm envisioning sitting in Chick-fil-A's parking lot in their line. You've got the double line now because a lot of the Chick-fil-A's right. have converted to the double line. And in between them, taking your order, taking your money, getting up to the counter, you, a parent and all the kids listening to a podcast to help support one of the kids in the car. Yeah. That is pretty cool. So when you're doing these podcast, you are really trying to reach the entire family, not just the parents, right. correct? Absolutely. I personally have listened. I listen to my own podcast. I want to make sure it sounds good for everybody. And so it's one of the podcasts that I know I can put on in the car with my son. And a funny story, we actually had this kind of aha moment. So my, my son received his diagnosis back when he was about four. And so he doesn't really have a whole lot of memory of going through a process or anything. And we've always just talked about his diagnosis. He's it, There's never really been this, I don't know, designation. And one day we're in the car and 
part of my spiel is I too am a parent with a child with a disability. And so then my son pops up in the back and he goes, mom, that's you, right? And yeah. Who's your child with a disability? And I said, I only have one kid, dude, it's you. <laughs> and so we had this whole conversation about how he has ADHD plus a few other things mixed in there. And so he went to school the next day and told his special ed teacher who's been with him for three years, Miss Amy, did you know I have a disability? And it was the funniest kind of full circle moment that I'm hoping that other families can have with the podcast or just with that information is having their kid or their other kids listening and just go, oh, that's how we can do that. Or, oh, that's what that means. And just bring it kind of full circle for the family because we want to be there to support the whole family, right? Not just the child, not just the parents, but everybody. We kind of want to wrap around and give them that support. I'm just envisioning that. <laughs> what do you mean? I we were, and we were, <laughs> and we were probably in the Chick Fil A line. To, if I'm being honest, <laughs> so, yeah. Oh gosh, isn't that too funny? Wow, what a download God said, right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Oh, so that was when He made that connection to yes. what you were saying. Like, this is me? Oh, yeah. he doesn't even realize it because he lives with me all the time. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And, and how did he feel then maybe th- two or three weeks later when he started to make the connections as to what that disability meant? Honestly, I don't think, I think he just made the connection and then just went about his day because nothing changed. It didn't, it wasn't, a dear friend of mine says there's two, the best two times to tell your child about their diagnoses is either when they get their diagnoses or today. There's never like a perfect time. And so it it wasn't like we were telling him when we got the results back or when we were reading a report. And so nothing, when he learned this and when he made that connection, nothing changed. Mm-hmm. We, one of the things that we try to do, I myself have ADHD. And so I struggle with some of the same things he struggles with. So we try to make our home and just the way we live our lives work for us. And we already have checklists up and we already have this and we already have that. And like I said, he'd been with his special ed teacher for three years at that point. So nothing really changed. And so I think he just now had a name or a label that he could put to maybe something when something was going on. I think that helped a little bit, but other than that, nothing really changed for him. And that phone call you got from the special ed teacher? (laughs) Tell me more about that one. (laughs) Miss Amy was great. We actually, he'll be changing schools this year. And so we're very sad that we're losing her. We were very fortunate to have just a great sped teacher for three years. And, And so she we text back, we would text back and forth regularly. And so she called me and told me, I have to tell you the funniest thing Robert told me today. And that's usually how the conversation starts. And I get one of those calls. I I get that call about once a week. And I told her to make a book of all of the crazy things that my kid has said to her for those three years and publish it so other people could get a, a laugh out of the things that he has said. And so she got a kick out of that because he he walks in with this great revelation and tells her, and she's, buddy, I know, we've been working on it. 
and she just she said it was just the funniest thing because he was like it was almost like he just had this new light about him did you know and she was like yeah but i know (laughs) you just said something though that i want us to go back to a moment listeners did you hear what she said she said she had the special ed teacher create a book of all the wild things that her son said while they were together, even though it was over a couple of years. There's a couple of things my daughter said when she was little that we have treasured in our hearts. And every time we say them now, my daughter like hangs her head and doesn't want to be bothered. But there was a point in time with one of the things that she said that we were even trying to decide how to make a product out of it. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. So you never know that legacy that might be inside those comments. Yes. Yeah. No, we, we joke about it, but I tell her all the time, I'm like, you've got to write them down because I have the first four years of his less than four years, but the first four years of his life I've got that I've written down that I remember, but once they go to school and they're in school all day, you miss those little nuggets of things that they say or revelations that they have, or just the thoughts that are unfiltered that come out of their mouth. <laughs> and, and so the teacher gets to catch those. And because he was in, because he had a, a special ed teacher that worked on him a lot one-on-one or one-on-two, she was able to really catch those little nuggets for us and share them with us. And I'm so glad that she did. And I really hope that she has written them down. So in years to come, we can embarrass him with those <laughs> lovely little nuggets. <laughs> uh, and treasure those. And you yes. also mentioned something about publishing. I think you said that in there, but that is one thing that would really be cool is to be able to share those nuggets in some kind of published form with other people and leave that legacy behind and take advantage of them. I've been like, do I say this or don't? I've got to tell you the one thing that my daughter said. Okay. All right. I'm ready. She's got the best anti-smoking commercial ever. You stick it in your mouth and you light it on fire. That's funny. That's, and we actually don't see that too much anymore just because of the way it's morphed and changed. But that is funny. So my my son also is very anti-smoking. And so I very much enjoy that. And uh, yeah, he will go around and tell people to stop. (laughs) We had been with friends and we went out to eat with them. And I got stuck in the back of this huge table of people. And I was having Mm -hmm. trouble getting out. And she's at the other end of the table. She's, I'll take Krista. So Krista crawled underneath the table. And she was probably around three at the time. And they went to the bathroom and it was at the days when you could smoke in a restaurant. Mm -hmm. A lot of states have abandoned that. And she (laughs) said this to her. And my friend comes out of the bathroom laughing hysterically still. Like it was like moments because they had done their thing and everything. And she's, you'll never guess what Krista said. The entire table stopped, listened to this and was in hysterics over that. And she's, what did I say? That's, we get that a lot. We get, he'll say something and my husband and I will look at each other and we have this look, we can't laugh. We can't laugh. 
And, and then they just stand there and they go, what did I do? What did I say? And you're like, nothing, bud. It was good. It was gold. That's gold. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah. That's hilarious. All those things that we can treasure in our hearts and we can share yeah. with others down the road. Absolutely. So that was the best gold nugget is creating a legacy book for your child for years to come, or mm-hmm. even doing better yet, create a published document out of it so that it can be shared with others. Who knows what you can do with that? What you can do with that amazing, great reflection. Thank you for sharing <laughs> that. Absolutely. So do you ever get to work directly with students or parents or is all of the work that's directly with the parents and the students and someone else in your organization? So I actually am very fortunate. I'm the community engagement specialist with Exceptional Lives. And so my part of my job is engaging the community. And one of the ways I do that is through the podcast. And the other way I do that is by going out and actually meeting with families and teachers and professionals and providers. And so we do a lot of events at schools if they're having a resource night or things like that. And so I am able to get out into the public and meet people and meet families one-on-one and tell them more about who we are or if they've been using us, just get more feedback and things like that. But yeah, that's, so I do get out and I do get to meet people and very much enjoy doing that. Is there a particular story that you can share with one of those events that stands out in your mind that you went, this is why we're doing what we're doing? Yeah, so a lot of times when we do events, we are meeting families that are either maybe new to a diagnosis therefore new to the special education world or what that may look like, or maybe they're just starting in to the special education world. And so just being able to meet with families and let them know that there's people out there that are walking this walk that have done this. And we are the ones, so the majority of our team at Exceptional Lives has a child or children with disabilities. And again, all stages of life. And so we've walked this walk. And so the content that we create, that we put out there for our families, not just comes from a professional, like this is the law, these are the rights, this is the process, but it also comes from a compassionate, empathetic point of we're parents, we're doing this, or we've done this. And here's that information in a way that is easy to understand. It's easy to to take into small chunks and walk that. And so a lot of times I just get a very similar response of thank you. Thank you for putting this out there. Thank you for making this in a way that we can read it. We have specific resources that help with those transition years going from early intervention into school. And then also the exiting transition, right? So as our kiddos turn into young adults, and start getting ready to get out of school. We have a lot of those resources as well. And just being there and getting the information to the families, letting them know, here it is, take your time, reach out if you need us. We just get a lot of thank you. Thank you for having this. Thank you for putting these things on our radar that maybe we didn't think about. Or what I see a lot of with our families that are transitioning out of school, is they think, oh, this isn't something I have to deal with until they're like seniors or juniors. But really, we want families to start working on this as early as middle school. 
and families are just like, oh, I had no idea. And so we really enjoy just, I really enjoy just being out there and getting the information to them. So you have somebody in your organization that helps create life plans. So we don't actually create the life plans. We just have the information that helps explain the process of going like, this is a time you should be talking about this in an IEP meeting to create those goals. Once those goals have been created, here's what the options are. So we have a lot of information for the states of Louisiana and Massachusetts. Those are the two states that we primarily cover. Now for listeners that may not realize this, special education is federal, but every state does things a a little bit differently. And so we have our information specifically for those two states. And so in Louisiana, we have a couple of, of what are called graduation pathways. And so we really lay those out of what that means and when and how families can go those pathways. And then we have a lot of information about post-secondary education. If a student decides that they want to do post-secondary education, what that may look like, what universities in the state of Louisiana offer specific programs, especially for individuals with intellectual developmental disabilities. And so we just help give them that information to guide them. And then we actually have the information linked there. So if they decide, hey, my kid wants to go to this university for post-secondary education, we have that information to link them so they can contact that university university directly and do that. Yeah, maybe even our listeners didn't even know that existed. <laughs> so there is actually a federal, a national directory of universities that accept students with learning disabilities and intellectual disabilities. So there is a database, but what you have done is you've zeroed in on those in Louisiana and Massachusetts, and you were able to then really make connections with those universities to help make that transition much easier for students as they're moving from one to the other and help with that emotional outburst that might happen with where am I supposed to be right now? Because yeah. I'll tell you what, walking onto a campus after you've been in a different <laughs> can really be a challenge, especially yes. now when you have to walk building from the building, which may not have happened in high school. And that's another component of some of our content is we want to be there to offer that, like the moral support as well as the emotional support for our families to let them know these are some of the things that you may want you may want to be on the lookout in your young adult as they're transitioning or these are the things you want to look out for your young child that's transitioning from early intervention where they've been in a home a therapist has been coming to the home or they go to the same center for therapy and now they're going into a more public school type setting. These are things that you maybe want to look out for so that way if you notice these emotional outbursts, or you you notice a little bit more of just different things, you can help them through those, help them with emotional regulation and things like that. But you're not only helping the client themselves, you're also helping the family. So do you have any program that's available to help with the family member, like a sibling that might be going through some emotional thing? Like, He's getting all the attention. I'm getting nothing. But that that disconnect and that rivalry that kind of happens when you have a ch- child with a disability so, in the house. To be honest, we don't have a lot of content around that right now. That is something that is on our radar to try to get more content on. Typically, 
when we're talking to families, the children are now, I say children, but they're now young adults. And they're young adults that are reflecting back on their experience of what did that feel like? What was that like? And so we're trying to figure out a way to to bring that content into a way that will help families that have younger children or children that are actually going through that now. So when we get families that have that question or need that support, we generally refer them someplace that may be local to them that can offer that in-person support or offer. There's a couple of organizations around me personally that have sibling support groups, play groups, things like that. And so we would refer them to the people that are on the ground in their area that are offering those services and help. So you have a way of connecting the sibling groups. That's Yeah, absolutely. Because I think sometimes we concentrate so much on the child that the siblings get put to the side. And that's why I wanted to ask that question, because I think that the family as a whole, and if we don't support the entire family, what's the point? Absolutely. And that is, that's something that, that we see, that's something that our team members, like I said, they, we have a couple of team members who have children that are young adults now. And have other children. And so they know firsthand of what that was like. And so just being able to talk to them and be like, what were these experiences like has offered us some great insight, but there's other organizations, local organizations that may be local to people that are offering that in-person support. And so that's really where we want families to be able to get to. One of the things that we have is we call it our disability services resource finder. And so essentially it's this database we have of anything that may be available in the state of Louisiana and the state of Massachusetts. So that way families can go there and they can, they can look for respite care. They can look for sibling support groups. They can look for dentists that are disability friendly kind of best way to describe it, things like that. So that way they can look for these resources beyond just the government or state resources that may be available. We want them to know about anything and everything that might be out there. So that way they could take advantage of of all of those resources in their area. Is there a resource in Louisiana or Massachusetts to help support pets and disabilities? So I don't think I have anything listed, but I know that there may be. (laughs) I say that because I know a couple of people personally here who have children with disabilities that have service and or support animals. And I don't know if they went through someplace locally or if they had to go out of state. What I do know is the places that do the training and get these animals ready are, they're still very spread out around the country. There's not 10 in every state, which would be great, but there's not. And I know some people who have gotten them that have them, but I don't remember off the top of my head if they've gone out of state or not. Thank but. you for answering honestly. <laughs> but when I'm thinking about all the the supports for the entire family, I think I think about the pets and the siblings yeah. and the extended family, the aunts and the uncles and the grandparents. There's so many pieces and layers to the puzzle to help these Absolutely. kids. It gets very complex, and I know we can only go so far. And I didn't get to see listen to all the episodes on your podcast, but. I really think that some of the things that you have to share are amazing. Is there one 
resource in particular that you think that the listeners should focus towards when they're looking for stuff on your podcast? So I have two episodes that I absolutely love that I very much like to share with our families. So one of them is near and dear to my heart. And it's, I don't even know the title of it off the top of my head, but it's about body doubling and other ways as a neurodivergent adult, we can support ourselves so we can in turn support our children. And let me see. Body doubling. (laughs) I did say body doubling. Please explain. (laughs) Absolutely. So body doubling is where you basically get on like a Zoom call. So there's a couple of different ways to do body doubling. The most common way to do body doubling is I get on a, a Zoom call. There's a Discord, which is a server system it's called work buddies and you get on and someone is usually leading the work time and you might be on there with 20 other people and it looks like a zoom call. You're all in your little cubby holes and everyone's doing their own thing. Right. And so essentially what you're doing is you're helping take energy from other people to help you stay focused. And so I do body doubling in two ways. I do it that way with the Discord server work buddies. And then the other way I do it is over the phone. So it might be with my mom. It might be with my husband. If he's not home, my best friend. If I have a task that I need to get done that I just don't want to get done, usually laundry or dishes, I will call one of them and I'll stay on the phone. And in 30 minutes, I've done this task I've been putting off for two days. That I'm like, it's going to take me 14 hours to do it. And it's really not. And so it just, it helps use the energy from somebody else. So that way you can almost mindlessly go through a task. (laughs) And it also helps with just like accountability because you see everybody else working. And so it helps you stay on task. And yeah, so that's body doubling. So that podcast is called Body Doubling and Other Parenting Tips for Neurodivergent Adults. Okay, so now I understand my daughter better because she does that to me all the time. She will call me and talk to me while she's working on something that she didn't want to do. Yeah, yep. Even when my, so my husband is away from home for work a lot. And so even when he's home, I'll ask him if he's not doing something and he's just, I don't know. I'll ask him, can you come and sit in the living room? Because my workspace is right near the living room or his computer is actually set up directly behind me. And so he's there with his headphones on doing his thing. I'm here with my headphones on doing my thing, but it's something I can't explain it. I don't know what the science is behind it, but just having that other person there helps me stay focused and helps me do that. So it reminds me of mirror neurons. So mirror neurons are when two people's brains kind of start to mesh and the wavelengths are mirroring one another along the path. So the ways are very similar and it doesn't mean necessarily that you're going to say the same thing, but oftentimes you end up finishing each other's sentences. I would not be surprised if that was the science behind body doubling, because that's what it feels like. (laughs) It definitely feels like you're mirroring other people. And it just, I don't, like I said, I don't understand it, but I know it helps. I did find the title of that other episode. And that other episode is, my child has a disability and I don't. 
an episode about finding role models. This was actually written by one of our team members and she has a daughter with a disability and she does not. And so she actually has two kids with disabilities and she does not. And so this came from that and how she was able to really dig into that and make sure that her daughter sees herself in other people as she gets older So that way she has that support system that we eventually develop for ourselves as we become young adults. Beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. Before we go, is there anything else that you want to share with the audience? How do we find you? Yeah, absolutely. We are, let's see. So we are on the World Wide Web at www.exceptionallives.org. The podcast is called Just Needs. We are on all major social media, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and LinkedIn. You can just type in at Exceptional Lives and you'll find us. We even have a couple of parent support groups on Facebook, specifically for Louisiana and Massachusetts. So if you're in either one of those places, we would love for you to join us. But yeah, that's where you can find us. And if, you know, we have... A couple of different ways on our website that you can reach us. You can email us. We have a toll-free number and we also have a chat option. So you can do any one of those things and reach out and we are more than happy to help. Even if you are not in Louisiana or Massachusetts, we are happy to help you find the resources you need and point you in the direction to help you get going. Wonderful. Thank you. And we will have information in the show notes about how you can find that information. And that information will be contained in the companion course that goes along with this podcast series. Thank you, Christina, for coming on today. It has been a pleasure talking with you. Uh, Thank you for giving me another (laughs) little nugget on understanding my daughter, who (laughs) seems to be the focus of most of these conversations lately. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for having us, Sherry. All right. Remember, you were put here for such a time as this. This has been Sherry Dutter from The Writing Glitch.